Welcome to 52 Episodes to Science Fiction Film Literacy. My name is Chris Garcia. Roll sound. When you think about B-movies, you're really thinking about more than one thing. B-pictures just means that they're the... They're not the big films, the A-pictures. And often on double features, they were the second film shown. They were drive-in fare for the most part. And by 1953, you had, I wouldn't say a defined form of science fiction B-picture, but they were there. And while a lot of people put Rocket Ship XM in that category, I don't. But there's something very interesting about the film Robot Monster that really says a lot about what B-pictures meant at the time. Now, Robot Monster is demonstrably one of the worst films ever made. The storyline makes some sense. The acting is fairly wooden. The shooting and the blocking are insanely bad. Just terrible. The monster is famously a guy, George Barrows, in a monkey suit with a space helmet. Not particularly scary. In fact, kind of cute. But there's some quality to it, too, which really fascinates me. And one thing that, I've never seen it in 3D, but it was shot in 3D, and apparently the 3D was done very well. And at the time, 3D was just sort of starting to come up and become a big deal. And to actually do it well is fairly hard, even today, when people shoot in 3D, which is rare. It's mostly post-process, but when they shoot in 3D, it doesn't work quite as well. And here, apparently, it worked very well. Critics were even saying that it was the best 3D'd picture, even though it was a terrible film. The storyline is basically, there's this family and these scientists, and they find this artifact, and ends up they summon a monster, Roman, who is the tool of the great consciousness, and stuff. Things happen, all but eight people in the world are killed by a death ray, and the monster's coming off to finish them, but... The monster falls in love with the girl who marries the scientist. And then it turns out it was all a dream. Oh, except for the monster comes back. I know, spoilers, big deal. But, that said, the storyline being terrible, making so many rookie mistakes that it's hardly worth talking about, but there are some wonderful things. My personal favorite is they actually do a wedding. When you're one of the last eight people on Earth, you gotta bother to make it nice and legal. And one of the scientists marries the daughter of... And as they're going away and off for their honeymoon, which is weird since the world's destroyed, the little sister girl comes and gives them flowers because they didn't get her a gift. That was adorable and well done. And the music is phenomenal. Elmer Bernstein, and I can't remember if it's Elmer Bernstein or Elmer Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein or Bernstein did it the other way. But his score is phenomenal. And it's almost a sad thing, too, because... Apparently what had happened is Bernstein had been called before the House Un-American Activities Committee or some hearings because he had written music reviews for a communist paper. And so a lot of the big companies wouldn't hire him. Here's one of the great, truly great cinematic score composers of the mid-20th century, and he's not working on eight pictures. It's a shame. And his score here is great. It actually... I would put it on par with any, any of the main scores of the time. And it's not surprising. He'd been nominated for, at this point, I think he'd only been nominated once or twice. But over his career, he would have something like 14 
Best Score nominations for Oscars. He'd win a couple of Golden Globes. He'd been nominated for Grammys. He was just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal composer. And here he puts out great work. That said, it is brought down by the fact that it is surrounding. It is the beautiful wrapping of a turd sandwich. One thing that is also often a part of B-Pictures is the use of stock footage or more frequently, actually, the use of footage that was shot for other movies. And here, 1 million BC, I think uh, Flight to Mars, Rocket Ship XM, these all get used. And part of that is, of course, to save money. And part of that is just because it's hard to do some of this stuff. And this is really one of the things that B-Pictures do. They pick their spots. They go and they find what they can do and they do it, and then they fill in the gaps. So here, what they could do was, they could do a good score. They could do good 3D. And everything else is sort of secondary. And that's really at the heart of B-Pictures. The other thing is there's some great moments in this film, which is made apparently for something like $50,000. Or I've also seen 16000 as the total. It was shot over four days, and in more or less one location. Uh, Canyon Ballet that everyone shoots in, but it reeks, it reeks of not going too fast, it reeks of just not thinking. And when I talk about Plan 9, there'll be a little bit more in this sort of vein about how B-picture creators are often their biggest flaw, that the people who are doing it is actually the reason their films fail. More on that later. One wonderful thing about this film is the score, of course, but the sheer joy of creating it shows at times. And even though it's terrible, it's bad. It really is. I could barely get through it, and I watch crap. If you read my uh, 100 Science Fiction Classics uh, blog posts that are on the site, I'll link to them here, uh, I watch a lot of bad films. I could barely finish this. It hurt. It was painful. But there is a joy to it. A mind-numbing joy, perhaps, but it's there. And at the time, the role that this was playing was filling a very important niche in cinema. To have the second half of the, of the double feature. To have these inexpensive films that could be sent around and play for years and years. This is something that we don't have now that we did back in the, well from the dawn of film until about the 1980s. Probably the, no, nah, it was probably done by the 60s, by the mid-60s. Nah, maybe the 70s. Who knows? Is that these films had a long tail. So a big picture made in 1953 could very reasonably show up at a drive-in or at a, a small, inexpensive theater all the way up, you know, 10, 20 years later. And it wasn't until the death, not only the death of double feature, but the death of the, the sort of the low-budget drive-in that we start to sort of see that die off. And we see the rebirth when video comes about. And a whole bunch of... Well, okay, and in between we have creature features and the horror host, who are, again, bringing these very cheap films that are usually licensed as packages really inexpensively. But the attraction in those is not the films so much, but the host who is introducing them to you, who is adding their elements to it. And I could see, having watched this uh, from Mr. Lobo, 
recently, and I know it was shown on Creature Features in, I think, the Bob Wilkins era. You can see how the stuff that's around it is more important, and the film itself just serves as sort of the hanging point. And then when video came around, we didn't need Creature Features so much anymore, because you could get the VHS, and we saw a huge sort of world growing up around these B pictures. And out of that came Film Facts, the magazine, the Psychotronics, all Film Eye, I think. All of these came out of this sort of B picture fandom in a way. So we have this great upswing in interest because of the introduction of video, uh, VHS at first, later DVD. And now we're living in this very interesting time where we have all this YouTube and where everything is more or less becoming accessible which allows film historian types to interact more directly with these films in a new way. But these will never be the focus of YouTube, of Vimeo, of all these. They'll be an added element, which is the role they filled the first time when they were out. So, that is Robot Monster, one of the worst movies you will ever watch, and I suggest you watch it, because it's bad. I don't want to have to go through this alone. Uh, find the Mr. Lobo version if you can, it's on DVD. The next movie we're going to do is another short, and it's an animated short, and probably one of the best animated shorts I have ever seen. So stay tuned.